0: souls whose lives were lost to their hands. Rise up against the evildoers of this world so that their souls may have peace. We will not surrender. We will fight. We will stand for what is right because we are the Justice Warriors. Hello Justice Warriors and welcome to the Justice Warriors podcast. Today's podcast is going to be really heavy and I'm going to have to warn you in advance that some of the things you may hear on this podcast today could trigger you. I know they did me. Dyersburg, Tennessee is rated the most dangerous city to live in in the state of Tennessee. Many may ask how and why that could be considering that its population is a mere 16,164 as of last August. Well This call that I received from this young woman living in Dyersburg, Tennessee is one of many similar calls that I've received from women who desperately want help, need help to protect them against this violence, these attacks that they have endured at the hands of their husbands or boyfriends or loved ones. And for whatever reason, the charges disappear, get dropped? I I don't know. I don't understand. But it is precisely this reason that Dyersburg is so dangerous, is because the criminals, the perpetrators of these crimes, are slapped on the wrist at best and then released back out onto the streets to commit the crimes again and again and again. I want you to take a moment and listen to this interview with Miss Brianna Williams of Dyersburg, Tennessee, who has bravely chosen to speak out and to tell her story. I've had other people come forward with similar stories that were too afraid to speak out uh, without being anonymous. And this young lady wants her story to be heard. She desperately wants help and she's hoping that her voice will be heard by somebody somewhere that will want to help her and some of the other victims of these heinous, violent crimes. While you're listening to this, I hope that you will consider, what if this was your daughter? What if this was your granddaughter? What if this was you? The following is an interview of Miss Brianna Williams.
1: You asked me to start out with a prayer.
0: Yes, please.
1: Okay. All right. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all that you've done for both Brianna and I. Lord, I pray. I I pray and I thank you for your blessings. I pray. I pray for your protection and I thank you for your protection. Your protection so far, Lord Jesus. I pray the blood of the Lamb over Brianna, over her home, over her family. Lord, I pray that you will protect her from the attack of the enemy, Lord Jesus. I pray that you will give her the courage to speak the truth um, and that you will protect her from any backlash that may come her way, Lord. I pr- I pray that you will give her peace while she is talking, Lord Jesus, and I pray that you will make your presence known and just let her feel your arm around her, Lord Jesus, that you are... With her through this, Lord, and that you are proud of her for standing up for what is right and for speaking the truth, Lord. I pray that you will use Brianna's voice and use my voice, use this podcast to shine a light on the truth and to help to break the silence of other people who may be dealing with similar situations. Lord, I pray that you will have your hand on Dyer County, that you will have your hand on Brianna on her case, that you will just lift that veil of darkness and lies that has covered that town and those people, Lord. I pray that you will lift that veil and that the wrongs will be made right and that the truth will be exposed. In Jesus' name I pray these names, amen. Amen. Whew, that gave me chills. <laughs> um, thank you. Um. I, I commend you for um, having the courage to speak out. I know you told me uh, yesterday or the day before that um, the only people that seem to care are your grandmother and myself and um i will tell you there are a lot of other people that do care it's not just us you know there are other people in dyer county that that care a lot and are trying really really hard to um to expose you know what's what's going on there um but i commend you and and uh, thank you thank you for speaking out um your story touched me because um i mean obviously because it's so horrific and um when i listened to the audio that you sent me actually you sent me a couple audios and a video um but when you sent when i watched those and listened to them um it was it was it was very difficult um it was very difficult to listen to, and my heart was racing, and I just felt sick to my stomach, and it was hard not to cry. It was just, it, it literally sounded like I was listening to somebody being, like, murdered. Um, it was so bad. Um, but can you, uh, I'm just going to have you kind of start all over again, if you don't mind. I know you've told me some things um, in a previous in a previous conversation, but I'm going to have you go ahead and, and tell me again if you just maybe could start with, um, can you just start with, like, when and just when the violence started, like, when when did the domestic violence start in your relationship? It was it's probably about a month. And we had, what had happened? We were. I'm sorry, excuse me. I was 22, and I lived by myself. I was renting a house in Dyer'sburg, and um, he lived a a back road away from my grandmother. And there was a person I knew who was giving me a ride to my grandmother's, and had to stop by um, his house, uh, and I had never been there, but there was quite a few people there. And um, when he stepped out, you know, that's when we had met. Well, he ended up uh, wanting to know, get to know me and uh, came by my house in Dyersburg. And um, he knocked at my door and he asked if I wanted to go out with him, like, on a date. And uh we, we didn't end up going on a date. I, I just you know, sat out in his car and, and talked to him for a little while. And actually he ended up <clears throat> I guess you wanna say, stalking me. And um I was young. I mean I'd say I was young, twenty two, but uh, he he had money and he would come help me and, and give gestures and you know, uh I didn't turn it down, and it was like I was struggling and and trying to pay my rent and and bills and, you know, just trying to live out and be on my own, but um, I had no help financially or anything, and I guess that's when I kind of backed up from him, backed away, because, you know, it's not like I, I was out looking for, like, a sugar daddy or anything, so I was, like, kind of weirded out, and but he would pass by my house, like, at least 30 to 40 times a day, and um, ended up, I guess, just kind of building that relationship with, well, he won't leave me alone, and then when I try to get him to leave me alone, he he would use my struggle and throw help my way with financially, just paying my electric and stuff, and then so I become dependent on him, like off the off the top, and it's like okay. It grew. We grew closer, and um, I guess it was uh six months into that relationship that he said, "Well, come move in with me," and so uh I said, "Okay," and so I moved in with him, and then we got married. About a few weeks later. And then um, we were married, and I was living with him at his home, and um, I was pregnant about a month later after that. Okay. Okay, so there was some financial abuse, and it sounds like he used your situation to kind of trap you and make you feel, like you said, dependent on him. And in a way, being young, um, you were, you know. It sounds like, you know, you kind of like, okay, this is stuff. He doesn't really feel comfortable, but at the same time, he was like a knight in shining armor because he was helping you and you didn't have help anywhere else. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, that that makes sense. I'm sorry, babe. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. just kind of like backtracking it in my mind, like, wow. And actually, the... He would come in and steal my stuff when I left. I would go um, go to the store or down the road, and, and I would come home, and there was somebody who ended up being in my home. And I didn't realize he was stealing my stuff and bringing it. He was pretty much moving me into his house before I even knew it. Oh. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: <laughs> and he would, yeah, he would steal my stuff, and I would think, and I was going crazy, like, I was like, Couldn't possibly someone be in it because I had a deadbolt and everything. And, like, he would come help me try to figure out who's robbing my house. (laughs) And I didn't realize this until we were married and I was living with him and and I was pregnant. And then I would look at certain stuff in in, in the shed we put storage in. And I'm like, that was from my house. (gasps) Uh And, And that's when I realized he was the one creating all that for me to go out of my mind as I was living by myself. Sasha. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, I am going to ask you some hard questions too because, and I'll, I'll tell you why, this isn't from a place of judgment, but
0: like with myself, you know, I I like to be, you know, transparent and to just kind of nip things in the butt because, you know, people may come back
1: and say, you know, well, you know, whatever, just to try to discredit you.
2: Um,
1: yes. So I like to nip those things in the bud, you know, just straight out the gate. You know, I'll tell people um, I've been pretty open about like my past and you know things that I've done, so that so that they can't come back and say I'm a fraud or I'm um, you know I'm a liar or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I have to ask you this really hard question because I feel like this is something they've done to a lot of people to discredit them. Um, is there do you have do you have a history of drug abuse? Yes, I do. I have a history Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, That's kind of what I figured, and it does seem like, you know, a lot of the girls that have been in these situations that I've talked to over over the years, um, that's one way that they've been kind of trapped, is that, you know, the person, uh, in this case, an informant, and in a lot of the cases, an informant um, has... Sorry, I had to ignore a call. Um, that's one way that they've kind of trapped him too, is by you know like getting them strung out or providing drugs to them. Did he provide you with drugs? Oh yes, definitely. But it would be it had been about. I was pregnant for a year. I didn't do drugs for a year, close to a year and a half before I'd even met him, and I was I was clean. I had my own place and I, I was getting my you know slowly getting back on my feet and i was twenty two but he had he was already using drugs and he had a lot of people at his house in and out of his house and and um it was a year after i had been two years clean and <clears throat> uh he would lie about his him doing drugs and and me as a history with you know as a 19-year-old, which it was 19 when I was a drug user. And um, after I had my son, when we were already married for a year, you know, he would leave in the middle of the night and I would be sleeping and I'd wake up and I'd say, you know, where where have you been? Like, and it was every single night. And, uh, and, he's, and I'm like, are you getting high? What is it? Like, do you not want to be here with me? And he's like, um, I don't want you to put your finger on me or think that you could tell me what to do. And then it was just like, I'm just trying to you know be a family and, and live in a life that you promised to me that we would it could be normal and i don't I don't have to be in that lifestyle so is it gonna be like that or is it gonna be like this you know? Because, i mean i don't I don't need to just pretend right now because I've struggled enough in my life right so what what kind of what kind of drugs was he doing, and what kind of drugs was he giving to you? Well, after a, a year of our marriage, and he was still getting high and lying about it, and um, one at uh, three days after I had my son, um, I asked him if I asked him if he really loved us and if he really wanted this to work, that he would just tell the truth and stop doing dope and stop running around and and, and having all these people over here, you know, and like if he would just Stop that, and he, in or or just go ahead and just uh, it's like he wouldn't stop, and so I took, and so I said, well, okay, then if if, if you don't want to stop, then why don't we just, why don't you just do it with me, then if if you can't just be home and normal and and just do it with me, and then he goes and he he gets a bag of dope and and at that moment I was like he really doesn't love me he really doesn't want this and it's it it, I just spent I just had a child me and him just had a child right and he's and he's getting the mother of his child high and shooting shooting up I presume It's okay. It's okay. Take a deep breath. I know this. I know it's hard, and I'm sorry to ask these questions. It, it just it helps us to understand, you know, what what was going on inside the home, the dynamics, and how everything kind of unfolded and just escalated and and got worse and worse. Um. So and that's the so the the drug use started after the baby's born. Yes, I I, I quit smoking cigarettes, I didn't, I was eating kale, I mean, I did everything I could with my son, and, um, when, after I had him, I had a C-section, and, uh, I got home from the hospital, and I I didn't have any help, because he was supposed to help me, and then he had left for a week, and I was, um... I couldn't get where up. Did, where did he go for a week? I, I don't know. I couldn't get up from the bed. I just had a major surgery. Oh, my gosh. Did any Was anybody there to help you and take care of you, or were you by yourself? I was by myself. Oh, my goodness. I remember waking up, and my little baby was beside me. And I was like, he had popped in one time, and I said, please, I really need you to go get me some water or some food because I'm hungry and thirsty and I can't get up. Eric, I can't get up. And, like, I couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom, so I was peeing in the bed. And, uh, and I couldn't. It was my first baby, so I, I couldn't like, reach over and even feed my baby um, because I was, like, stitched up from each side. yeah. Have, I've I've had a C-section, so I know what that's like. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. Um. Okay, so, all right. How long after all of this was it that the incident that that um you sent me the audio of and everything when he. Crashed his vehicle into your vehicle. How long? How much time passed between what you're telling me now and that? Two two years. Two years. Oh my goodness. So was there a lot of um, was there were there a lot of incidents in between of domestic violence? There was a lot of domestic violence when I was pregnant too. Can you tell th- me about I some of that? A, yeah, I was thrown through a window. I was, he, he took a, one day he, he took a um, jack, like a hammer, axe hammer, you know, with a hammer and an axe on the other end. And I threw a house phone down and, because he, he wouldn't stop getting high and it was just a struggle for me to go through my pregnancy. And I was sober and it was like I was alone every day and, and uh, it was like a trigger every day too because I'm, I was, I was, addict from the past and Mm -hmm. it was like i was trying to stay straight and and live and be around somebody who was constantly tweaking yeah and and um so uh i was three months four three and a half months pregnant and he threw a axe hammer through the window shattered the entire back door there was a sliding back door and it and it went right past my head and stuck into the wall oh my gosh so you told me about another incident after the baby's born um where the child was hurt and you wanted to get help and i think you said his mother talked you out of it can you tell me about that again it was i think my son he was one and a half this is like six months before all this happened and um he was in his his mood again where he starts screaming first and I mean the screaming lasted all day until like me and my son would be sleeping and he would literally be up all night while we're sleeping and yelling at me all day and then when we were sleeping yelling at me in my sleep what's he yelling like, at you about like what's he saying just all kinds of awful things like I'm like uh I'm a whore my mother uh, it's my mother is a whore and um it's just just things that people don't deserve to be talked to and just just berating you and verbally abusing you to the point where uh, if he would want to do that that he would literally spank my child and then spank me at the same time and tell him that I was in trouble too. So we'd both be crying like, like I felt like a kid when, like it was like I was a kid with my kid crying like I was in trouble too. And what, what in the hell was he spanking a one-year-old for? I mean, spanking you is bad enough. That doesn't even make sense. But what would he possibly be spanking a one-year-old for? Because there was the upstairs was his place where he would do his drugs and do his drugs and masturbate and watch porn. And then my son would run up, run because I told him he has he has sheds and everything else he can make into the drug whatever drug ho- rooms when anywhere else but inside the house but you always want to do it upstairs and it's like was, so you you and your child were not allowed to go upstairs because that was his space to do whatever he wanted to do yes that's right and my child would run up there and i'd be like you know, Eric, he's going to keep going up there. You can't stop him, you know. And then so, like, I was in, yeah, that, at that point, I was in trouble with my son, and we were both getting punished. So. Because you didn't stop him from going up there. Is that yeah. Am I understanding? Yeah, but it shouldn't have been some, we shouldn't have any areas in the house where it wasn't safe like that. Right, right, right. I understand. Okay, so now let's. and and
0: I know there are a lot of other examples that you could probably tell us about, but we'll just skip to, um, the incident in question.
1: Um, so tell me about the day that he, um, as you said, tried to kill you and your child by wrecking his vehicle on the earth. Can you tell me exactly like, and not, not just that actual part of it, but tell me what led up to that. Tell me what started the fight and, just everything about that day. All right. Um, It was about two days before that. It was about two days. There was somebody, he would always have people come over and work for him. And like literally these would be like people who are thieves and crackheads and, you know, the, the regular people who are in a group of Addicts, you know, mm-hmm. and they would come and and dig around and pretend that they were helping, and he would just know this, but let them do that and then live and be over there all the time. And it's they like, lived at your house. Yes, he would have people. He we didn't have. He would always have two guy homeless friends of his who were his workers that did not work, still parts off of vehicles mess everything up and it's like I kept I would yell and be like please please just tell them they can't come back please we can't have another person live with us I keep having to go to the store and and get toilet paper and and rebuy every single thing in the house because we ran out because they want to take whatever they want with them and then we end up having we're out of toilet paper, and I just got some toilet paper the other day. You know, it's, like, constant. It was constant. Yeah. And it was, like, it was all my fault because I was buying too much. And it was, like, well, how can you not when you just got a pack of toilet paper a day before it was all gone? Like, you know, and it's I knew what was going on. And it's just so tiring. And it was, like, I was just sick of all the <clears throat> everything. And it was so like you were, you were asking him to make these people leave and to stop like Every them day I out. would ask that. Every day so we've been married. It was three years, and all three years we've probably had one or two days that nobody has been there or lived with us. Okay. So you. So there was a. It started out. You guys are fighting because you're asking him to please make these people leave. Oh, it was every day the whole the whole time. Okay. So then, what happened? Because in order to stop with the drug use and to stop with the the being um, sporadic and, and and being in danger and having you can't go to sleep at night because people are stealing your stuff or, or coming in your house and and they get to just be on drugs and just pilfer around and and leave when they want and it's just not safe and and it's it's very tiring. You didn't want yourself or your child to be around that. Yes, and that's why you start when you want to start and do better. You always have to get rid of people, places, and things. And I knew that.
2: Right. And, right.
1: and it's like how can we get right and you even say you want to get right and then you keep inviting and living having people live with us and they're drug heads, you know? And how can we how and it's like you can't ever, and he's like, well, you know, he didn't care. <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, and is this somewhere in here? Or is it, because I, I know one of the videos that you sent me was him throwing things and going nuts, and there was some talk about somebody that raped you. So, what is that, is that, is that somewhere in the mix of all this? Yes, that was, um, that's. About seven months prior to the last day, which would, I would say the wreck. Um, he had someone from down the road that he knew, and he told them to help me with some boxes one night because um, I couldn't move boxes and clean because he was a hoarder, and he would bring stuff all on the porch, and we couldn't even get into our bedrooms. like It was like little aisles, and it was like, I really was, need this, help. was it stolen things, or I mean, what 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 was this stuff? It was just it was there before I even. I mean, this was before he's been like that before I knew him. The stuff that he was hoarding. Yes, buying, okay. hoarding, of whatever he would steal it, he would buy it, he would trade for it. I mean, it was just constantly stuff. Okay. There's an entire barn full to the to the ceiling a shed out in the back that was full to the ceiling of stuff um, like a shed the size of a house on the property there was a carport full to the to the top there was the entire house and porch and the back porch completely packed full like just stuff random stuff and then 40 or 45 i think 45 vehicles that didn't run just lined up in the back and it was like it was like that was probably worse than the drug use, because I couldn't even make a place for my kids. Yeah. And it was like I had to watch my little boy want to like run around or play, and it was like he had to be in a pack place. Just wasn't. It wasn't safe for him. It was dangerous. I understand. Okay. Okay. So this guy that was supposed to help you move boxes, he ended up raping you. Yes. And. Eric told him to stay there and I mean I was creeped out by him anyways, but when Eric left I was like I went I walked to the backyard and he followed me and he had some kind of like pitch fork like steak fork. Like a um two pronged steak fork in his hand and like for um, like really, for a grill? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I was really weirded out and like I was like, hey, you know, and when I walked back, he was still following me to the back where the sunroom is. It's the sunroom attached to the house. And when I sat down in a chair in the sunroom, I said, you know, I'm good. I don't, I don't need no help. I think I'm just going to go to bed. And he said, um, well, all right. And he had he already had this joint in his hand of some weed. And he w- when he was passing me, I mean, I was creeped out. anyways. I didn't want to even, I really didn't even want to hit it, but I just, I mean just to be like, okay, and I hit it once and then he's walk as he's walking out the door, okay, bye dude, you know, and then so like I remember waking up but I wasn't awake, I was asleep.
2: It's really weird.
1: I was asleep but I was awake. I felt in everything but I couldn't I felt everything but I couldn't move my entire body. And um when I was <clears throat> now was he was he hitting the joint also or was it just like he was holding it and then he handed it to you? He just handed it to me. I thought he had already hit it, like it was he was on his way out the door and literally that's all I remember. Okay. Okay. Um when I woke up though it was it was like my whole body was paralyzed, but I couldn't see nothing. Everything was black, but I could feel him raping me, raping me where I was sitting. Where and where was your son while this was happening? He was at Eric's mother's. Okay. So you were there by yourself with this guy? Yes. Okay. I got gotcha. you. All right. Um okay so fast forward i'm sorry i I didn't mean to take you back seven months i i for some reason i thought that this was all like in the same few days but um so then going back to the day that you finally said you'd had enough and you were trying to leave tell me about tell me about that okay my little brother had spent the night with us and my son and my little brother it, it was it was hot outside. We don't ever do anything normal. And um, I asked my brother if he wanted to go to the Newburn Pool. And so we were packing up, ready to go to the Newburn Pool. And Eric was walking around. He was mad that someone st- who stole his tools that he knew was stealing from him. And it was just like constantly. But um, the person stole his tools and he got mad when i walked out to go to the um car which i had noah in my arms uh and my little brother noah, was, noah is your son yes okay and my little brother was um cleaning out the car excited to go and he made a little and trash that, how car. old how old was your little brother he was nine. Oh my goodness okay and so okay, he, um, yeah and so but that prior to that night Eric had locked my little brother out at nighttime out of the house, and I didn't know it until that day. So that's why I was trying to get, you know, I was like, he's in his ra- raging, and so I we need to go do something. So me and my little brother and my son was going to go to the New York pool. And so my son was in my arms, and the person he was arguing with was parked behind, and um, they were yelling back and forth, and then he started yelling at me about the trash pile that my little brother was cleaning out the vehicles to get ready to go to the um, pool. And um, he told my little brother that uh, he was like, he just started cussing at my little brother. And and I was like, why are you cussing at him? He's clean, he's doing good. He's cleaning out the car, you know? I'm sorry,
0: i I lost you for a split second. He told your little brother what?
1: He was cussing my little brother or the trash pile on the ground because we were cleaning out the car. Okay. But um, so he takes some food and some trash that was in the car, some old food that that was in the trash, and he comes over and he smashes it in my face in front of everybody. In front of, in front of your little brother and your child, or were there more yeah. people? There was more people. It's people he had working over there and hanging out, and then the person he was arguing with, and then the person he argue, why he did that is because uh, the person he's arguing with goes and look how you treat your wife and your kid, and then so he goes oh really it's my wife and I could treat her how I want and then cause she and then he was calling me a cunt and then took some trash from the ground and walked over and smeared it all in my face and hit me in the face with the trash and then walked away. And then I got into the vehicle, and I just took my son and my brother, and I drove off. I dropped my little brother off at my grandmother's, and when I drove off, I, I stayed at a friend's that night, and it was the first time I had just stayed gone like that. And my mom, I got in contact with my mom, and she um, the next night she was uh, supposed to be She had this gas voucher to um, take me to Centerville into a domestic, someone she knew from a um, domestic shelter, Centerville. They gave her a gas voucher to come help me and pick me and Noah up. Okay. And so um, I'm just kind of like in limbo waiting at that moment on the call to when I can do that, and it was going to be within a day, so. And he was... uh, a lot. There's a lot. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be, no, no, don't be sorry. and Keep going. straightforward and try to remember everything I can. And I'm sorry. It's just a lot. No,
0: don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. You're be, you're doing good. I'm proud of
1: you. Keep going. And it's really hard to like know in the situation I'm in. Mean, it's really hard to just say everything. Else, but in it, but I'm doing it. But what I'm saying is just really hard because. <laughs> I was really depressed, and
2: I felt like there was, like, no way out.
1: Okay, so you had this cash voucher, and you were going to go, and you stayed that night at your friend's house, and then, and then what happened after that? I was on my way to my grandmother's, <clears throat> and it is, like, on the back road coming from... Um, coming from my house. You know, it's like my house and where me and Eric were, it was about two minutes up the road from my grandmother's. So I was on the way to my grandmother's and this was um, the night before the wreck and he had seen me on the road. He was on his tractor. He'd seen me on the road headed towards that way and um he came my car stopped like the battery stopped and I don't know if it was tampered with or you know because he'd always take fuses out of my car and and put nails in my tire or make sure my battery cables were off you know things like that and something happened to my car and I was stuck right there like and then stuck in the in the road, and he drove past me, and went all the way to the house, and came back on his tractor, and took my car and tipped it over into the ditch. And me and my son were, me and my son were having to crawl out of the window, screaming, crawl out of the window, 'cause he had his tractor and he tipped it over, and the ditch is really, like it's it's a pretty good sized ditch, like from Rowellin, if you ever been towards that way no no but I can imagine I mean even if it was a small bitch it sounds pretty horrific so Um, me and my son are are coming out of the window um while it's tipped over to try to get out and I I throw him over and out of the window and and crawl out myself and uh we're screaming for help and then a police drives by because they were they called the police and said there was some screaming and disturbances and um, as I'm crawling as as we were calling out the police had drove by, but he was up talking to Eric on his tractor and then Eric just waved him on and he just kept on going. No one got was that was that the sheriff's department or the police department, do you know? I'm not sure. I knew for sure it was the police though. It said Sheriff. It was the sheriff, yes. It said sheriff a sh- on Sheriff side. Sheriff's Deputy. Okay. Okay. Um, so they waved him on, and then I mean, did you? Where did you end up staying that night? Did you end up going? I mean, I don't know. Tell me what happened from there. That night, I ended up staying. I ended up staying at the one of the motels because I, he would come and and stalk my grandmother's house, and I just. I just didn't want to put them through that too. So until, but my mom, my mom knew where I was though, so that way she knew to, where to come get me. And um, so I got a um, long story short, gosh, just so much. There is so much, girl. There's so much. <laughs> I got, I've got time. It's okay. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around like this, but there has been so much okay.
2: And then, um,
1: yes, there was a girl that he knew who would come over and talk to Eric, but she was wanting to sell her trailer house. Um, and he would buy like things like that. And it was a whole trailer house and it was full of stuff. And, and he knew her from Bogota, where he rented her his house before me and him ever had met. So, um, but. <laughs> and this is the, the girl that. That okay. hit me in the back of the head at the stop sign. Figured out where I was because she had she had called me on my phone. And, um. She was like, "Hey blah, blah blah, blah. You, uh, have you talked to eric he He was by my trailer at my trailer house, digging around um and i'm like no nah, I'm, I'm in i'm in Dyersburg, and i i he told him what, like the area that i was in and um it was like i had to everywhere i went i mean he would find me it's like i had he was like a human human DPS tracker. It's crazy." Maybe he had a tracker on my car. I don't know, but I was—it was like literally, I could never go anywhere and have peace and, and until I can get some help because you can't just get help right on off the bat. There's the, all the programs and everywhere you, you get help. It's gonna take a like it's process, you know? Yeah. So it's like I'm just waiting down the time. Like it was only two days. Like while I was waiting for this freaking breakthrough of me being able to go to this place in Centerville for the domestic shelter but it was right. like I just had to stay alive until then it was crazy yeah so I ended up stopping at a stop sign and she rolled up behind me and then came and knocked at my window and I was like I didn't really think it, it wasn't too alarming you know because I was like she was like hey girl uh, here here and we we get out get out and so I was like Okay, well, what's up? What's going on? Like, she somehow manipulated me out of my front seat at the stop sign. And then I turn and look the other way because the vehicle she was parked in or had some two people, two other people, him, which is the person who she had told to get into the front seat, her boyfriend. But she had, when I turned to look at the vehicle with her boyfriend in it, like, what's going on? And she had punched me. Hard as she could in the back of my head, and then threw me down. And like she's she's probably like six feet tall, um, going on three hundred pounds. You know she's she's pretty stout. Girl, yeah, yeah. And like so, when I when that happened, like I hit the ground really hard, hard enough to. And and your child is in the back seat this whole time. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So think it, it's really if you, hard if it, it was just you and your child in the car when this happened. Yes. And so she told, she waved her, the guy down and was like, get in, get in, I need you, I need you, get in. And so he gets in, she throws me in the back seat. And she of, gets your, in the, of your vehicle, of your own Of car. my vehicle, yes. She throws me in the back seat, and I'm in the back seat with my son, and, and everything's like, I'm like already... Going through so much, and it's like, what is going on right now? You know, and and then that's the danger in my head, and and I'm like, my son's back here! Oh my God! And so she tells the dude, drive, drive, drive now, and then so so he he drives off. Drive. He's driving your car at this point. Yes. Okay. And she is what in the passenger seat. Yes. Okay. And so she he he. I don't think he knew exactly what was going on because she had told him. She said. We gotta get to Eric's. She was she said, We gotta get to Eric's, drive towards Eric's, we gotta drop Noah, her son off. <laughs> and then I guess I wasn't gonna get dropped off in the process too. But I don't know if I'm not really sure if they were, had this was I mean, yeah, that was probably the plan to take off with me. I mean that's crazy. Okay, so what so what happened then? So I mean, this, we're is, dro- this is this is the audio that I have, right? Like, is this what I'm yes. listening to? Okay. Okay. So then so, what happens? So I'm in the back seat, and I'm scared to death of, to be in this vehicle with these people and with my son, and then I'm scared to death they're taking me back to Eric. So I'm just like, I got knocked in my stomach, and I can't even barely see because I'm just, I'm, I'm, scared and terrified either way, you know? Yeah. For my son, for me, for like I didn't even like it was like my head was spinning. So, I didn't know what would be scarier, to be left in this vehicle with these people or that they were taking me back to Eric. Right. So, at this point, um they're driving and I'm they're like, you know, they're like where's your phone where's your phone you know like cuz they were scared i would be calling the yeah, police I heard, or something yeah i heard that part so so the guy screaming at you where about your phone that's that's her is that her boyfriend who is that yes that was her boyfriend okay so that's where i was confused cuz i thought that was eric but eric's not even there at this point right eric had eric knew that they were on the way to his house and it, it was known because they wouldn't have just, why would he have been okay with them taking off with me, hurting me, and taking off with me in my own car, but be okay that they were dropping Noah off? Right. Okay. Okay. So, so then what Hi. Is this, is this just the same, is this around the same time he, does he ram his vehicle into yours or... Yes, we were, uh, it it was at the stop sign, and I was like, just please, let us both out, you know, or, or, and they were like, no, we're waiting on Eric, we're waiting on Eric. So, they were waiting on Eric at the stop sign, and Eric comes down the hill, and I'm like, oh, God, and so I'm thinking, Eric's going to come at least help, you know, at this moment, even though I'm really in danger around him both of them, you know, so I didn't, I didn't really know what, what it was just like, what was going on, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I know now what went on, but at that point, I was like,
2: yeah, I was the to one
1: like, in the yeah, dark. yeah, okay, but um, I had a little recorder that I carried around with me for about a year and everywhere because he would always tell me that you know um what you know uh, this is what i'm going to say and this is what i'm going to say if something were to happen to me you know as he's hitting beating on me or or shooting guns at my head or so he'd always have like i'd always have something you know just in case Something ever happened to me that maybe that would be something that you know because you can't lie about what really happened, and that's a recording. Right, right. I mean. Okay. So then, so then you're at the stop sign. What happens then? So I'm at the stop sign. No, this is everything after the stop sign, and we pull up, and I'm in the back seat still crying. And I, I call, I, I take my phone and, and I found it in the back seat as they're driving and, and they're talking back and forth on what they're going to do and what they have to do and, and to drop Noah off and, and Eric will be here in a second. and And now we're at the mailbox and I'm trying to get out and they're like, don't you fucking dare get out, you know, and I'm, so I didn't get out because it's like, I need to grab. I need to grab my son, no matter what. I'm not getting out of this vehicle without my son. You know,
2: mm-hmm. but I
1: don't need to be getting out of this vehicle with my son here, and it's n- it's not any safer than in the vehicle with these people. Right. So I I felt stuck. So I call Eric, and I put the phone down because maybe at the time I didn't think that Eric was involved in what was going on or I hoped that he wasn't you know yeah and so at this time um, I put the phone down and I was just I had called and then like letting him listen to what was going on yeah yeah okay and so he could hear everything that was going on and he was talking loudly on the phone like like he didn't hear them, the conversation, but he did hear the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, but it was all the, it was all planned though. So, uh, but I didn't know at the time. And so, um, so he starts coming down the hill and they were going to drive up and meet him. And, and one of, or the, the boyfriend of hers said, uh, oh man, he, this ain't right. This ain't right. This ain't right, man. But. Uh, uh uh-uh, uh this ain't right so he just starts driving past past Eric and so Eric comes like he starts driving and the first time that he pulls up like is close enough to the vehicle behind us in his vehicle he hits us first time, like re- rear ends yes like rams us into the rear end What was and he so driving? He was driving a a Toyota Camry Okay, and you, what was your car? An Altima. Okay, okay, keep going, I'm listening. And so um, he he rear-end us, and so I pick up the phone, and I'm like, because I couldn't just be like, hey, help me, help me, help me, help me, you know, because, like, that would trigger them into, it would be a lot unsafer right. at that moment. Okay,
0: okay. so you're and, in survival
1: um, mode, you're doing what you, you're trying, you're just trying to get out of this alive yes and so so um he stops the car and and gets out and like he was going to talk to Eric. the boyfriend or okay the boyfriend yes. okay. this is the first time he had rammed us and so he he gets out scared and talks to Eric and Eric he's he looks crazy he, his eyes were like pin dot dot dots and he was just and then the dude was like Scared, like he was screaming, and was like, "Oh man, Eric, no, no!" You know, and like so, he gets out, and then we're parked. Both of us are parked, and he has his shotgun around him, strapped around him. Right. Eric, Eric has a shotgun strapped around him. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. And he has a shotgun strapped around him, and pulls, and then the guy gets back in the front seat, and then he pulls the guy out of the front seat. And when he pulls the guy out of the front seat, he, the guy's like screaming and crying pretty much. And then like, um. So he tells Eric, he's like, uh, he's like, man, I just, I just, I'm just driving, blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, and so, um, Eric's like, he gets, he puts his knee in the front seat and looks back at me and Noah, and me and Noah are freaked out and like just looking at him, like, and I'm like you know, looking at him like, help me, help me. And then he gets back out of the front seat, lets the guy get back in the front seat and walks back over to his car and gets in his car. And so the dude drives off with us again. And then Eric does a donut and lands his brakes, his brakes to do a donut back behind us. And now it's in like a car, it's like a car chase. And so it was just crazy. It's like a car chase now, and so we're as he's sideswiping us, there is a ditch beside us, so deep from it's like almost to where if we would have been rammed into this ditch, we would have not made it. I' hundred percent not made it. we would, all of us would have been very much dead, and um. So this was this is a car chase now and he he rammed us about 5 times before we actually and then so we passed the railroad tracks and then into the highway or you know the the double lane highway and and literally the last time from that point he rammed us we did a full circle in in the middle of the highway and um so uh, one of them. Was why like, did he? Why did he let the guy back into the car to drive if he was just going to chase y'all? I don't even. That that doesn't even make. I don't sense. know. That's, that's insane. That just doesn't even make sense. Um. Okay, he so he he just this this continues on at any point whatsoever.
0: Were there police involved in any yes. of
1: this? Yes, the police were on the phone. One of them had called the police because he would not stop. It was. My car looked like it was picked up, in the end, my car looked like it was picked up by a scrapyard claw and smashed on all sides, like, it was, it was totaled. Mm -hmm. That's how bad we were rammed, like, smashed my car, like, the tire and the rim fell completely off. Okay, so, was Eric arrested? He rammed us at the last time. The police were on the phone the entire time from the wreck when we were getting chased and rammed and everything. Okay. So the police are on. Okay, so we need to get our hands on um, that. I, I assume it's a 911 call? Yes. Okay. So there should be, we should be able to get that. Um, so they're on the phone the whole time. And then at what point did the police finally show up? And, and when we say police, are we talking sheriff, sheriff's department? We talking sheriff deputy? We talking police department? We talking highway patrol? What are we talking about? We slid. There was no police until we had slid into the. Um, we were we were going 100 miles an hour, and at, we clocked. It was probably about 70 when we slid into the jail parking lot, because that's the only place. It was like, where do we go? There's okay, nowhere so to go, guys, no police you around. You guys went to the jail? Yes. Okay. And so you're. that's where you guys end up? You end up at the jail and that's when the police are finally involved? The sheriff's mm-hmm. department? Uh, there was two police uh, sitting in front of the jail waiting. And they were supposed to have ambulances and everything because when we were on the phone with the police, the ambulances were supposed to be there waiting because it was that bad. Okay, okay, so um, so then what ends up happening? Did they arrest Eric or what happened? They let Eric walk up to the vehicle with a shotgun around him, walk up to the vehicle and what Eric said, you okay, Brianna? You okay? Are y'all all right? And we're just absolutely terrified. Even the people who were, the bad people too, they were terrified. So Eric walked up to us, and there was helicopters, there was um, police, and it, it, it was it was like we had an even... The car was still rolling without a wheel in a rim to get away from him because he had rammed into us at 70 miles an hour in front of the police station in the parking lot and smashed the last time he had rammed. Okay. So again, I asked, did they actually end up arresting him? Yes, they arrested him, and he had a two hundred thousand dollar bond, five counts of aggravated assault, four counts of reckless endangerment. But he got out about two hours later on bond on bond okay but uh, uh, so did you okay i I've got so many questions at this point um so did you end up going to the the domestic violence shelter? I ended up going because I couldn't. You no, know, this is what happened. We, I, they asked me if I needed to get, you know, Noah checked out or anything, and I'm like, yes, please, please. And so, um, they took us to the. Uh, they took the other two people were still there. They took me and Noah to the hospital, and um, I was riding in the ambulance with Noah because I mean. He didn't say any, he was just, like, dead in a stare. Like, he wasn't even, he wasn't oh, crying. I'm sure, I'm sure. He was probably, like, very confused. It's so traumatizing that, oh, my God. Um, At one I, point during the wreck, when he was doing that, I literally took off my seatbelt, and I curled my body and cradled his car seat just in case he needed extra protection from if something... Something through the window. No, this is what happened. If something, a bullet, were to come through the window, because he did point a gun, a, a handgun, he had another gun. He had two guns. He had another handgun, pointed it through his window when he was riding side by side at 100 miles an hour. And at some point, we were all screaming, he's got a gun, he's got a gun in the recording. You can hear it. You can hear that we said he had a gun. Mm-hmm.
2: Couldn't
1: Nobody testified, uh, uh, nobody had said he had a gun. Even the, the police had given back his gun to his mother at the tow yard, told them where the gun was. And his mother, I was with his mother because they had, his mother had picked us up from the hospital, me me, and Noah. Mm-hmm. And that was acting like, oh my gosh, y'all are okay, blah, 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 you know. But the thing was is that she had got a call, we had went to her house because... Um, you know that it's like we went to her house and she got a call from Eric like an hour later from the jail, and was like, "Mom," because uh, I heard it. It was it was on speaker, and she was like, "He was like, Mom, uh, they put the gun underneath the seat, and it's at the tow yard. You need to go pick it up as soon as you can." And it was the gun that they had found that he had pointed at us in the police report. He had pointed at us, and they left the gun underneath the seat of the car that he was in that rammed us for him to, his mother to come pick up the next morning. Okay, and so I started to ask about this earlier, and there's so much we, we kind of got off. We, Like you said, we jumped around. Um, there was another incident that you had told me about where um, the child was hurt, and the mother convinced you not to take the child to get checked out. Can you tell me about that real quick? And this is this is before all of this. But can you tell me about that other incident real quick too? I was um he was in his rage and breaking things and he had, um he actually punched me in my mouth and I was bleeding um from a um, busted lip and I was running down the hill with my son um and were you holding your son when he punched you in the mouth? No, I was not. He, my son was next to me. Okay. And I was running down the gravel, the, the driveway, and he was telling me, you better not run off. You better not run off. Um, uh, You know, get the fuck back here. And then so I'm like, you know, survival mode because it, when he gets into his ra- rage, you don't, I mean, I never know, you know. But right. um, so I'm running down the hill, and he chases after me, and he he takes me by my hair and was dragging and i was still holding my son and he's dragging me up the hill in the gravel and he starts while my son was in my hands he starts choking me and I couldn't breathe and I I passed out and, and hit the gravel with my son. Crazy <sighs> And my son had fell out of my arms and hit his head and um his dad had pulled up and he was like stop eric stop you need to stop now because um the neighbors are going to call the police okay but his mother had pulled up after that too because they live about five minutes up the road so they're both they had both pulled up and um i was like i need to go to the hospital not for me noah noah just fell in the rocks and and you I told him everything that happened, and you know, it's not. I mean, you can't tell him anything, you know, because it's like right. they're not on my side or Noah's side. Or okay, it's, this is a lot, girl. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to cover everything. Yeah, I'm to... I, no, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to keep my composure through all this, and it's not easy. Um. Okay. So, Oof, man. Um okay so he goes to jail he bonds out um was there ever like a victim's advocate or anything that reached out to you were you in contact with any sort of victim's advocate from like the prosecutor's office or anything absolutely not nobody ever reached out to you okay so um I mean, was there any sort of communication? Like, did you were you ever told about a court date? Um, Absolutely was he, not. Was there an arraignment? Did you go no. to an arraignment? No arraignment. Okay. So there was never any sort of court date that you were asked to come testify or anything? No. Shortly after that, um, uh, his mother and him, shortly after that, they were, I guess, they were scared um, because I, I was, I was definitely in the right to be able to put me and my son in, in safety, and right. it was like that's what they were scared of, and so, <clears throat> so it was one day. Um, it was about a, I think it was a couple weeks after that. When um, a week after that, within that week, he was a. Uh, there was a restraining order to where he had to stay with his parents. A court order, he had to stay with his parents, and his. Um, that's the only thing I knew about for sure is the court order of, uh, there you a know, no contact. Order and he was not allowed to contact you. Okay, so I didn't have anywhere to go. Like I don't, I my grandparents' house is there's five pit bulls, and I love my grandma though she's awesome. But there's just no room, you know. My family doesn't have a lot of money, and there's just there was no room here, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: at all. <laughs> and um, so his his parents, both his parents, have extra bedrooms, and he and he's more than welcome at their house, you know. So I figured, you know, the court the restraining order, no contact. I'm sorry, was um put in place, and I was supposed to be with Noah at the house, or home, and he was gonna stay at you know his mother's or his father's until right. things were settled. And so um, he didn't respect that, and he would – actually, he came the first day when he got out and was, like, you know, yelling and screaming and threatening me and, and um, was walking around naked with a shotgun and scaring me. And I was, like, you know – scared to call the police too since they weren't helping me at all and I wasn't even I wasn't even calling the police like I wasn't even the one calling the incidents that happened it was so bad that police were involved from just police being involved not for me just calling and telling them you know right like incidents like that where other people felt the need to call or you know and it's like yeah so um so he shows up at the house um not contact order okay yes okay. and then acting violent again and so me and my son uh locked I locked me and my son up in in one of the cars um that wasn't running but I locked it up and called the police and when the police got there um they were like well what are you doing you know and I was like Look my um we're not supposed to be around each other. I don't have anywhere to go. It's late. I really need help because he's in there scaring he's scaring me. He's got a, a shotgun talking crazy. He really he, I don't he's not supposed to be here. And then so they didn't even go up to the door. And they were like, "Well, one of them goes, "Well, whose house is this?" I said, "It's our home. We're we're married, but something happened bad yesterday to where uh, you know, that we had a wreck and he, he tried to kill us. So, you know, until all that's settled, he's not supposed to be here because I have nowhere to go with me and my baby, you know, but our home. And so he was like, well, I know Eric and this is his family's property. Um, this is his home. I can't kick him out of his own home. So um, telling me that I need to find somewhere and that they would give me a ride and drop me off with me and my baby. And me and my baby, my baby was screaming, and it's cold, and we didn't have any shoes on. We were we were locked up in a vehicle, and I'm like, so we're gonna have to find somewhere to go at midnight to to leave, and and he's not supposed to be here. This is we have a, a no contact. This is, you know, it wouldn't have been forever. I mean, but it, why would me and my baby have to leave right now? And so. So they did, they ended up making you and your child leave at midnight? Yes. Okay, so, so where would you guys end up going? Well, I told him to, I guess, because I didn't want to freak my grandma out, like, any more than she already was, because um, my grandmother watches two elder people who live here, which is my uncle, and he's, like, 84, and then my um, other, my great-grandma, and she's, like, um, 90-something, and my grandmother, and my papa. So there's, like, it's, like, elder lots of elderly people here, and, and animals, and, you know, a couple of dogs, you know. So it's, like, right. I don't want to freak yeah. my grandma out anymore. Yeah. Okay. But I ended up having to leave. And and they pulled up at my grandmother's house, and and the one who said that gets out and bangs on my grandma's door, and my grandma said, okay, just, yeah, come, tell her to come in, please. Please. And then, but, it's just I was trying to avoid that, you know, and it's, like, he was just beating at the door, and then, and then I was, like, I got it, I got it, thank you very much, and I was being very polite, like, these are, these are, this is really corrupt, I don't need to be making any wrong moves right now, because it's not right, it's just not right at all, and so I was, like, right. thank you very much for dropping me off, I appreciate it, you know. Okay, so you went there, so, and then the next day, I went to go, um, the next day, it had probably been like a couple of days, because the next day I, he was do you, still there. Do you know who those officers were? Do you have any idea who those officers were? I'm not sure, but I sent you a recording of, of that night, what I just said. Okay, all right. Um, okay, so let's, let me just ask right here. I need to know, what does Eric do for a living?
2: Um. He used to.
1: He used to own a. Um. A duck hole. Red Rum duck hole. Okay.
0: And that was in Pagoda.
1: Yes. Okay. And he had sold. Um. He sold that, and just that was, and then his parents. Uh, the house that we lived in he acquired from his mother. It was a family, you know, passed down and then his mother pays the electric and all the other bills and his phone bill, so we really didn't have the bills. Any bills okay. to pay. So he doesn't really have to work. So okay. Um I know you had mentioned before that he either was or is an informant for the yes, uh, most for definitely. The Dyer County Sheriff's Office or Jeff Fox. How did you, how did you come to know about that? Well, after the wreck, when I I didn't. It was months later. I was trying to get I was trying to get back on my feet to where. Okay, this is what happened. I contacted his ex-wife because there was mail that came and it was a thousand dollar check from her job from because they had lived in that house too and in my heart I don't want to just he was gonna I guess he was planning on keeping it and from her but if she worked at a bank and she had she she worked her butt off and it was a thousand dollars wouldn't it be right no matter what you felt to give it back to her if that's her money absolutely so I I took that check and I, I called her I said um, me and Eric are separated, but I found, you know, I've, I've got your check from the mail when I went and checked my mail, and it's a thousand dollars of, you know, your money from your job settlement. And so, if you wanted to come, I don't know you, but if you wanted to come to where I am, and I can give that to you because I think that you might need it, you know, because it's it's important that you get your money, you know, thousand mm-hmm. dollars. <laughs> so right. um, when I met her, I she's like, thank you so much, I appreciate it. And I was like, yeah, girl, no problem. That's your money. You know, you wouldn't have known about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and so um, she was talking and she said she was talking about her marriage with him and she said, you know, it started with, it started where he would let people, just the same stuff, let people come over and live and they were drug addicts and that he got on drugs. He didn't do drugs before, like half, half of the time they were married. But he started he got a DUI or something happened after the DUI and then ended up working for Jeff Fox as an informant to get some charges off of him and then just kept doing it and then got into those he would be placed into the drug houses and in situations and got strung out and she said, I'm not I'm not gonna do this and so she took her kids and she left and she divorced they got divorced because of okay. that. Okay, so so what we've learned from the ex-wife is that this serious drug problem that he has that has clearly altered his behavior and turned him into an extremely dangerous, violent person, that it pretty much all started with him being an informant and being placed in the drug houses and getting strung out on drugs. Yes. interesting it's not the first time I've heard that story um but so then let's go back to you know you didn't know about any sort of court date nobody contacted you how much how much effort did you make to find out when the court date was and to make sure that he was charged so a lot of effort I called several times I would, because of the vehicle situation i didn't have a vehicle yet but i would call i'd be at my grandmother's and we'd because she would be encouraging me you know because she's like you you have a lot you know you've been through a lot you know and and you can't you can't just you know you gotta be safe and then so like i would i called and called and i would get a hold of the people from uh the courthouse and or or the DA's office a couple of times and they said, well, yeah, he, um, they would tell me a little piece of information and then they would say, well, you got We'll call you back. We'll give you a call back when his, when it's closer to his court date. And I'm, and I, I would trust that and I would wait and wait on this call. That never happened. <laughs> and I, i went up to the courthouse, um, twice at that time. And, uh, Got spun around, you know, and, and what I call it is is like, it's like they were trying to mature me as best as they could until I couldn't do anything about it. That's what it felt like. Okay.
2: Okay. Up to so this day,
1: so I even sent I to the domestic charge because we had got a domestic charge when he was out on bond on that because he had followed me and I was at the Dollar General and he followed me to the Dollar General, got into my car and and was like cussing me out and telling me, you know, um you know, the regular things that he would beat me down about and it's like, I'm not gonna deal with this. You need to stay away from me. You have no right to be around me right now. We have a no contact and then he said and when I said that he took he took my food that I had beside me and hit me in the face with it and then took my milkshake and slung it in my face. And it, it was like the entire windshield had milkshake. My face was red and I was crying. And the the, the Dollar General people called the police. And um, when the police got there, the one of the police who pulled up, um, Eric ran into the uh, Dollar General and I told him I was just like I looked over and I told the police what happened and then when Eric walked back out he uh he walked right to the car and didn't notice the police sitting right there on the other side of the car or, you know, on my driver's side talking to me and I was like really freaked out and it it was definitely written all over my face and, and he was he had turned around and the police said, Hey Eric What's up? What's going on? And then so Eric turns to the police and puts his hands, elbows, into the window and was talking to him, like on a friend level. And at that moment, I was just like, oh, my God, is this really happening right now? And the police let him walk off. Walk off. And then wherever he walked off, where he was parked, he had left. And I said, um, and he said, well, Eric just told me that you had drove him here, and he was here with you. And I was like, yet again, no, I just told you. And the and and what? Look at me. What, can you like can you not tell? Or did did we not just talk just a second ago? Did did the police not just get called from the Dollar general people? Like, what is going on right now? And yeah. then so Eric was gone scot free. And then so I said there was an order of protection in place already. Because I had put an order protection on top of the no contact order. And so he's scots free back to his house where he can just sit there and close his gate and not have anybody come in, you know. So I'm like, so he's like, oh, well, I'm not. And so he, I said, I said, yes, I, I swear there's one in place. He's like, well, I don't see one. And so the court or somebody calls him back and was like, there is, a, um, you know, one in place. So he's like, oh, OK, so he's got to like make charges you know and and do the, the warrant or whatever and so at that point he sent out a warrant for him but he'd already let him go and then they were talking and catching up and it was like what? yeah and he didn't get arrested for it until two days later okay so is it your understanding that all of these charges against him have been dropped yes have he you went to jail offered- for each Out on bond, he went to jail three times over the no contact, over um, domestic, different domestic charges, um, while he was out on bond for the wreck. Okay, so have you been given any sort of explanation as to why the charges were dropped? No. Okay. Okay, and so you messaged me the other day and told me that you had reached out to the uh, district attorney's office. Can you tell me about that? Who did you talk to, and what was said? I talked to the investigator for the DA's office. Is that Chris Gorman? Um, or do you I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. That doesn't sound like okay. a name they just said that they okay. said that day. I don't know who it was? Okay. And what did they say to you? I said, "Sir, I've reached out to y'all, and you know, and." And the reason I reached out again um, this recent time is because I've – nobody's helped me every time I've reached out, but I've been going to, like, you know, reaching out to connections on, on rap and, and places like that, and they're encouraging me to, you know, speak speak out. And I'm like, I have a – and I told the D.I.S. that I have a recording of the entire I, – I, they've got my son. I'm not – I'm still not safe, you know, he's he still comes around me and like pulls up at my grandmother's house and my grandmother's like, Dude, you got to leave or I'm I'm gonna like I got my grandma just my grandma had to go out and get her my papa brought my grandma to go out and get buy a gun for her. That's how scary it is. Like my family's so, terrified. Okay, so and the investigator told you what? He said that we don't need the recording because there's no way you can bring any charges back up. He's had them all dismissed, and he can't there's no way of bringing it back up. I'm sorry, I can't help you okay and and i we almost forgot to even mention um, so your child was taken away from you, correct? Yes, this was like this was within the same few weeks of after the wreck this is what happened and and what happened was go ahead what happened was is i pulled up from my i went from my grandma's house and pulled up and um me and noah were in in my truck and we pulled up in front of the door and i was going to get noah's clothes and eric wasn't there at the time and i was getting noah's clothes and his tv his mickey mouse tv and i had a tv loaded up and a bag of noah's clothes and i was i was I was leaving, and as I'm leaving, I turn around, and his father is behind me, and he's like, "Where are you going?" And he's just standing there staring at me, and I'm like, "Uh, me and Noah are gonna go back to my grandmother's, and um, I'm just getting some clothes for him." And he was like, "Oh, really?" And then so he walks over to my vehicle, opens my door to the back, and Unbuckles Noah, and starts to take him out of his car seat. And I said, "I told you, me and Noah are going to my grandmother's." And he's like, "You're not going anywhere." And so I, I tell him again, "Get your hands off of Noah. We are going to my grandmother's. You're not taking him out of his car seat." And so I go and I like block him from taking him. And he, and he yanks me and pulls me and pushes me to the ground out of the way. And he's proceeding to try to take Noah out of his car seat again, and I, I get back up off the ground, and it's like, it starts to become a power struggle on getting his hands off of my son to get him out of his car seat, and I'm like, now I'm, I'm, now I'm freaked out. So I take my phone and I call the police, and I lay it down in the seat, in my front seat, and then I look back and I'm like, get your hands off of him, get your hands off of him, and then he was like. Um, you're not going anywhere. And so he starts taking, and he's gotten Noah halfway out, and so I I dodge in front of him in, in the front seat and get to the back seat, and then, like, um, I yank the door, I, I, I pull his hands off of him and yank the door, and he backs up, and I, he, I yank the door, back door close, and I try to get back because the doors are unlocked, and he's steadily trying to get in, and I yank the door uh, and close it, and and at that time, I'm like, "How do I get to the front seat without him getting in the back seat again?" And then so I, I try to get to the front seat so I could roll up my windows and start my truck, and 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 then he goes, "You're not going anywhere. You're not you're not going anywhere with him." And then he was, and I was like, "Get your hands off!" And so I go to the back seat again, and I take like this bottle of tire, you know, where you um, take your tire tire flattener stuff. Where if you have a flat tire and then you yeah, have air it up, the, fix a flat. Like, yes, a flat. I take the yes, I take a can of fix a flat, and I rear it back and I said, you better get away from my son, get out of my truck, and he backs up and I I end up closing the door, and and still have it in my hand and and start my truck, and then he's literally got his hand inside of the window, as I start my truck and got all, um, my window up, and I lock the door and he's inside the window with his hand and i rolled the window up on his hand as he as he's trying and then so like so he opens the front door I and mean, this was like a fight this was a struggle and the and the police were on the phone the entire time right. and this was and so i'm like and so i have to get out of the car again cuz he's back in the truck again <sighs> and and then he ends up punching me in my face throwing me back out of the truck and I jump back up, and I this get in. the This is Eric's father. Yes. Oh my God. And I get back up, and I can barely see out of my eye. And I get back in the truck, and I'm like pulling halfway off, and he's still trying to stick his hand again back in the in the window part. And he's got it. To- and I roll the window up on his hand. And as I'm I'm rolling out, his his hand gets loosened back up and out of the window. And he jumps in his his, his vehicle and rolls down to the gate to lock us in. And so, like, there was a sliver through the gate, and the sliver through the gate, and I make it, and I scratch the side of my truck bad, and I to get out of the gate, and I slide back, and and I'm on the back road again, going towards my grandma's, and and I said, come to one one zero four Patty Drive, because they were still on the phone, and it was still sitting down, and I was crying, and Noah had a magic marker, and it exploded on him, and it was like, I had a black eye, and I couldn't dang see and i was driving on this back road and i got to my grandma grandma's house and the cops still weren't here and my grandma comes out and and grabbed no and was like what's wrong oh my god what's wrong and i'm like and i told her what happened i said the police are on the way i'm sorry for this again you know because i'm having to freak my family out every five minutes you know yeah and so like and so um when i pull out, and i'm waiting on the cops and the cops pull up and they they come out and they're like, "What's wrong? What what happened? Tell me from start to finish." And I'm like, and so um, there's cops and then and Hold they on. take pictures they take pictures of my eye they take pictures of my truck and then two other cops pull back up and wave them on and then then I get served in the driver's seat with papers stating I was evicted. I I I got evicted. Evicted from evicted." Aaron's house. Yes, from from our home. Okay. Then another constable pulls up behind them, and and there was other paperwork stating that they were having um they were going to take my child in 24 hours at the court date that they had set, and it was a petition. And so they took your child and they gave custody to Eric's parents or to Eric. Um, they gave custody to Eric's Eric's parents. But it was because of Eric and his lawyer making a deal with their lawyer in to do that because he gave his... Who was Eric's lawyer and who was their lawyer? Howard, I, I think it was the... I don't remember who their lawyer exactly was. I think I I might have... It, I'll probably have it written down because I've logged in everything who, possible. Who's Eric's lawyer? Jason Creasy. Shut up i can't even uh this is going to be on the podcast so i'm going to bite my tongue but shut the fuck up
2: i can't i can't with creasy
1: i can't with creasy creasy i can't with you motherfucker anyway go on i'm listening and, and so like after after that happened um they didn't take my son at that moment they just served me with all these papers when I couldn't even sign for them because of my, my eye was swollen shut. And then you wow. know what they said? I said, "We can't." Uh, okay, you know, I was going to be prepared for the hearing no matter what. You know, even if, even if, even if they had drug tested me, at least I'm, I'm a good mom. Like I love my baby. Like I was depressed, and I was, I was, like. <laughs> I'm going to say this right now, honey. I'm going to say this to you right now. I don't care what the hell you've done in your past. You did not deserve any of this. And that man should be sitting behind bars right now. And the last thing on earth that should happen is that child being taken from you and put in the care and custody of him or any of his family members. Like, this shit is an absolute monstrosity. It is It is. The most horrific, this is one of the most horrific stories I've ever freaking heard in my life, and I am angry. Like, this is awful. It's really awful. Okay, so we know that you tried to reach out to the DA's office just last week, and you were told that your evidence is pretty much worthless because the charges have been dropped. Um, I reached out to Danny Goodman after you sent me those messages. I reached out to Danny and asked Danny why those charges were dropped. And he told me that um, they can't pursue with charges if the victim uh, refuses to testify. So I was basically led to believe that you refused to testify. And he went on to say, that um, when a victim refuses to testify that they just drop the charges because, you know, they don't want to press perjury charges or charge you with filing a false report. So he alluded to the idea that you could have been in danger for filing a false report because you failed to testify or refused to testify, which we both know at this point is not true. I didn't file a false report. It was... The state versus Eric. Okay, so you were the victim in this crime. The state had pressed charges. You would have been the one to testify, but you didn't even know about any damn court date. Nobody was returning your call to tell you See, when you there the to testify. Yes, that and when they evicted me and took my child, I was not able to go back to that house. And it wasn't safe for me anyways. And on top of that, Eric had taken down the mailbox that day where I could not receive any mail. Even if you had broken the orders and gone to try to check the mail, which you wouldn't have done because that would have been, like, ludicrous. It would have been insane for you to do at this point. I don't even know why. Honestly, honey, I think the only thing out of all of this that I can hear that, you know, that I would say that was a bad move on your part was probably – just even go in there to get the clothes and the Mickey Mouse TV, honey, because I've no I've no amount of clothes or Mickey Mouse TV would have been worth you know putting myself or my child in danger again. Um, I wish you hadn't done that. Yeah. But but uh, but other than that, I mean, like you are the victim here. You are you are the victim, and yeah. you and 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 not just by Eric, but you are also a victim to the system because they have not protected you they have not done what they should have done to protect you and your child and this is extremely I, i'm triggered i'm very i'm very triggered right now um so i'm sorry i i need to calm down but um i just i don't know i mean we had talked before and you had told me a little bit but now that we've gone through everything you know from beginning to finish it just i'm even more angry than i was to begin with um i don't know i don't know what i can do to help you brianna um i'm worried for you um if if law enforcement if the prosecutor's office if the victim's advocates if if they are not going to do anything to help you and and women like you that are in these situations in dire county then i don't know i don't know what to say I mean, it's it just seems like Dyer County is a dangerous place for women, especially women that are involved with men who are either informants or somehow connected to law enforcement because they can do whatever the hell they want to their wives oh. their girlfriends or girlfriends or mothers of their children and seem to get away with it. And it's like I said to Danny Goodman, I said, you know, what more evidence do you need? The state should have picked this up. The state should have pursued I mean, even in cases – so many cases where there's domestic violence and the the wife or the girlfriend or whatever the victim wants to drop charges nine times out of ten they won't they won't drop the charges even if the victim wants the charges drop the state will still pick them up so i don't understand with all of the evidence and everything that's gone on and with him breaking the restraint that no contact orders and and i don't understand how i even put an order of protection in and they they dropped the order of protection on what grounds what was the grounds i guess they had put a when the order of protection was um was in place they had figured out that i put in an order of protection and they went and did a petition to revert i guess that they could do that but, but they did a petition to where i had to go to the court date from their petition on the border protection that I already had in place and they they dismissed it did they but I didn't they, know about a because they never see me did they say lack of merit did you did you actually see the uh the disposition on it did it say lack of merit um but <laughs> you don't know everything that I have pretty much that I've I've collected for my own safety because nobody else has helped me with this is from me putting myself back into danger zones because I have to have stuff because nobody else is, is putting any, any giving me any other paperwork or sending me anything or calling me back. You know, I had to put myself back in danger in order to figure all this stuff out on my own. You know, it's like, after they took, this is how they took my son. I left my son with my grandmother, with her his little cousin, which is the same age. They were playing. I had to go get diapers from Walmart. I went to straight to Walmart, and I got a weird call on my phone, and 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 I was gonna be staying with my grandma, so she was gonna take me to court on the hearing. And when, because um, it was in 24 hours, they said, or some, they said at a certain amount of time, you know, when they gave me. As they, this was the, this was at the time where I pulled up and I had my eyes swollen shut and they were taking pictures and asking me what happened because I, the police were on the phone the entire time it happened. And you know what they said? I said, well, can I press charges? You know, something, because I can't even see to sign this, these, these papers you're serving me right now. And he said, no, um, you can't press charges. I'm sorry. Unless you want a domestic. Unless you want a domestic? Yes. Like, as in, you would be charged with domestic? Yes. For what, exactly? Well, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, know. I'm so confused right now. Okay, so hold on. So, and this maybe? is why I, I call the police and I lay the phone down. I, I do all these things because I know how sick and twisted the system is and everything else is to a point where I have to protect my own self. And there's evidence out there, out there right now, that they, they're they're telling me all this, they're lying to me, they're doing all this stuff, you know, because they're abusing their authority, and it's like, you know, I'm picking on the little guy pretty much, and, and thinking, you know, that I don't got my own back, because if I don't got my own back, how how are my kids going to be safe, you know, even if I'm in this in this situation? Like, how am I supposed to be a mother I mean, to protect me?
0: That's got to be hard on you to know that your son is still around
1: that in that case. Yes, my son gets brought, like, once maybe every, once a, maybe at once every two months, I get to see my son, but only if Eric brings him to me. And he'll use his mother's car to bring my son to see me. If I... If Okay, so what I oh, what are you doing to make sure that you are safe? Like, what can you do to be safe? I mean, is there do you, is cast still involved? Do you still have the? I mean, there's nothing that I can. There's no nowhere. No, I have been doing everything possible to reach out to to do my due diligence to have my own, you know, have my own back to the point of.
0: I am you, doing all that, and scared? I'm not are you, safe. Are you still scared? I mean,
1: obviously, you don't want to just take off and leave your son behind and leave him. And that's why I haven't him left. It. So that's, that's, what, that's why you're fighting right now. That's why you're speaking out. Yes, because I'm not safe. So what what? how can it get worse? Because I've tried everything possible. How can it get worse, you know?
2: Okay.
1: Uh, again, I, I started out by saying, um, how raised you are to be speaking out and telling your story. I'm, I'm going to ask you one time, one more time before any of this is published. I mean, I just, yes, I do feel that you are in danger and I, I don't know how to, I mean, I do feel like people like yourself in these situations need to speak out about how the system has done them so wrong. Um, That's important. And I want everybody to hear your story. But at the same time, I don't want to put you in more danger, which I don't even know if that's possible because it seems like you're pretty much just really in danger. But um Okay. Before I publish this, I'm just gonna ask one more time: Like, are are you are you are you sure? Are you good for speaking out about this? If I don't, if I I know that God protects me. I I I believe that with every bit of my soul that God is the reason I'm still alive. God is the reason for everything. Why I am, am not crippled or, or in a grave right now? God is the reason. We can't, My car looked like a scrap yard had crushed it on all yeah. sides, and we came out and we. I I I have no broken bones. God has protect. God has angels all around this situation. Even if it seems like nothing has happened yet, you know. But I believe it is for a reason because God yeah. protected me. Too. Well, and I, and I think that you're also meant to be a voice. Um, and I'm hoping that the right people will hear this and that somebody will take notice. And, um, the FBI needs to get in there and they need to clean house again. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if you saw my post on Facebook this morning, but Dyersburg has been named the most dangerous city to live in in Tennessee. with a a population of 16,164. And like I said, my post is probably less now because that was um, published back in August, and there have been murders since then, too. So um, Dyersburg is just so incredibly dangerous. And
0: I believe with everything in me
1: that the reason Dyersburg, you know, being such a small city, has managed to surpass Jackson and Memphis and Nashville and Chattanooga um, with crime rates with crime rates that are 244 percent higher than the national average and I really feel that the reason for this is because of the fact that law enforcement there in Dyersburg is not they're not doing what they're supposed to do They're, they're they're supposed to be protecting and serving and they're not protecting and serving well they are but not the right people like the victims are being victimized and the perpetrators are being released right back out on the streets to continue to commit these crimes. And they're not little crimes. These are not speeding tickets that are being, you know, just overlooked or whatever, like giving somebody a pass. This is These are heinous crimes. These are serious crimes. These are Class C felonies that people should be getting, you know, these perpetrators should be getting sentenced to 30 years in prison the first time they commit these crimes, not the second or third or, in some cases, It seems never. Um, They're just being released out on the streets to do it all over again and again and again. And that's why the violence problem there in Dyersburg is so bad. Um, His His mother, the recording I sent you was when they took my child, I went, I had a meltdown and I put myself in danger. I went to... Back to Eric's house. And I was just, I was about to just fall the fuck apart. And I didn't care at that moment. And I was like, where is my baby? What is going on? You know? And you know, he, 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 he made this, it was like his sick way of bringing me back. You know, like holding my son hostage and letting his mom do that in order for her to let him do that to me. And it all starts with you just wanting him to get these drug addicts out of your home and just have a normal life, and that's it. And clearly, he's so addicted to drugs and so strung out, and he's got such a problem that that is just not a possibility for him anymore. He has apparently lost it and turned into this violent monster that... And the recording I sent you was him... Pretending or him, I said, call your mother now because it was like he had pretended like he didn't know. But when I I found out everything, I found out later on, you know, because the truth comes out not at that moment but later on. It all makes sense, you know, because you, you find out little pieces that that you were in the dark about. But when that reporting happened, she had stated on the phone like she didn't know I was on, you know, in the same uh, area talking or not talking didn't know i was there and she was telling him well he was asking like he didn't know or something and she was talking freely to him and i recorded it with my phone and she said well eric it was your idea it was um you your lawyer told us to do it talking about his lawyer for the charges he had on the wreck your lawyer told us and i recorded that Your lawyer told us, Eric. Jason
0: Jason Creasy?
1: Yes. So the lawyer told her to get a lawyer in order to do that petition and then for him to sign over his, you know, rights to let her do that petition. And it was all a plan together as they were together. Right. Okay. So. And she said, and you know what she said after that? What? She said, well, the whole purpose was for her not to run away with him. Wasn't it, and she asked him that, yeah, so everything that they I said that. in in the petition was a lie on me, and they used Eric, and the only thing they said about Eric in the petition was that he had pending charges filed against him that he was unable to care for his child, everything else they were telling telling on the petition about me not taking him to the i was refusing to take him to the doctor, which I have doctors after doctors, when he was sick, when they were talking about, lying about that. I have doctor's notes on that. Um, and they were telling him, they were telling them that I was uh, involved in illegal drug trade. They were, t- on the petition, they said I was, um, I was, oh my gosh, just all kinds of stuff that wasn't true. So it's, it's, the tipi- it's the typical tactic to discredit. That and I was homeless after the eviction. They said um, in the petition that I was homeless and running around with my kid. In very- but she was the one, Who evicted to make me and my child homeless? She used that in the petition as one of the reasons to take him. (sighs) Right. So it's just it's a tactic to discredit you, make you look crazy, make you look like make you look like the one that's strung out on drugs, make you look like the one that is not fit to be a parent and cannot take take care of your child. They have successfully conspired to victimize the victim basically yes and she had and she had told off on herself which I had recorded that about her it taking apart and lying and the whole purpose was not because of all those reasons but because she was listening to him and his lawyer on doing that so that way I would not run away with my child Oh Brianna, you are a strong woman, and um, you're gonna make it through this. I promise you that look, just keep praying, stay close to god and um i think I think the biggest thing is just to trust him and to give it to him and pray for him to fight your battles for you. um don't put yourself in danger anymore. don't try to go talk to him, don't try to i'm not that you would, but no, I've avoided that 100%, no matter what, because I think if I don't have enough to, to be able to, to reach out and get help with, if that's not enough, then phew, I'm just going to have to just you, be you patient. You have more than enough. You have more than enough to get help. It's just that the people that should be helping you aren't, and that is not your fault. And, again, you, I'm I'm proud of you, and I think that you are an amazing, strong woman to speak out and tell your story. Thank you.